The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The media is crazy. They are. I am now inside it to a point where I haven't had a dog in the fight really for a long time. And now that I... I'm like an honorary member of the beam team. I am seeing it from a whole new lens. It's crazy. The world simply cannot comprehend how the, the Sacramento Kings are able to beat the Warriors 2-0 without shenanigans being at play. There are so many legitimate and explainable reasons why the Kings are just smothering the Warriors in this series. There's smart reasons. There's nerdy reasons. There are explainable reasons. If you dig into the matchups, you're looking at it, you watch film. This stuff is not shocking, right? You, there are people breaking this down. If you wanted to know why it's happening and why it's something probably likely to continue, you can find that. But then, but then there's this alternate universe. And... That's what I want to talk about really quick. This alternate universe that cannot comprehend that Steph Curry could lose. Cannot comprehend the concept that the Warriors would be beat by a team that has not made the playoffs in 17 years. This is a dynasty collapsing at the hands of a team that when you Google the name, one of the first things that you see, like people also search for, is do the Sacramento Kings still reside in Sacramento? <laughs> like, and, and the dynasty could come crumbling down to a team that finished 26th in team defense, locking them the fuck up. Only shenanigans to those people can explain this. Ignore these people. They are, their brains are mush. They have broken brains. They're clearly... They are clearly self-destructing live in front of us. No shade to J.J. Redick. He is one of those, those people who are literally destructing. Just his brain is, is turning into liquid as we speak. Here's what ha- is happening that has not been mentioned. It's actually really interesting because it highlights, highlights just how much the man Mike Brown is. Joe Vire, I think Joe Vire, by the way, is one of the smartest guys on Twitter, breaking down basketball. Find him. Uh, I think it's Golden State in mind. Pretty sure that's what it is. Find him on Twitter. He's elite. 
Anyway, he's breaking down why Mike Brown is able to do this to the Warriors. And there is a reason uh, Dante DiVincenzo sat out the fourth quarter of game two. There is a reason that Jonathan Kaminga uh, played four minutes and was a negative 10 on the court uh, and did not see the court for the rest of the game. And there is a reason that Mike Brown turned Jordan Poole into um, the most expensive cheerleader in the NBA, considering that he did not see a minute in the fourth quarter either. What are those reasons? Mike Brown knows how to exploit those men. He knows their weaknesses. And not only does he exploit them, he did it all night long. All of that is Mike Brown. If you don't remember, Mike Brown was in charge of the Warriors' defense when he was coaching for Golden State for like seven years. Most importantly, running the defense last year because there wasn't a lot of changes from last year to this year. So Vera is breaking down what's actually happening in this article. Here it is. Brown's intimate knowledge of the Warriors' offense, where it starts, the middlemen, and where it ends, is putting a wrench in Kerr and his squad. Pause. You fucking think? A big wrench. Uh, Brown knows all too well that the Warriors' hubs are where the offense starts. His offense itself counts on a fulcrum, such as Demonis Sabonis, to initiate action and fuel the offense to its highest gear. The Warriors do the same with someone like Draymond Green, who typically has all the vision he needs to whip passes to shooters and cutters off the ball because of his nature as a non-shooting threat. On point. That is why Draymond Green's absence is very huge for Game 3, because now you've got to make the fulcrum Kevon Looney. And let's be honest, Kevon Looney does not have the same basketball IQ as Draymond Green. Kevon Looney, not the same passer as Draymond Green. Not the same quick decision maker as Draymond Green. And Mike Brown understands this. Vire continues. What Brown knows, however, is that the best way to defend Green or Kevon Looney or any hub stationed in the low post, high post, or at the top of the arc is to crowd their space. Putting ball pressure on, on the passing hub not only limits their vision, it bleeds the clock, forces a hub to become a shot creator, and increases the chance, chances of forcing a mistake. This is exactly what the Kings did in the second half, especially in game two. Constant ball play, pressure, swarming Curry with multiple guards that were fast enough or strong enough to fight through screens, collapsing on him. Davion just muscles through screens. And Fox darts around him as if, like, and Curry can't really get enough separation. And what's the end result of that? Curry either has to take a really bad shot or he has to get it to the fulcrum. Curry was 0 for 5 in the, from 3 in the fourth quarter and really couldn't get open at all. And, and the miracle wasn't that Steph was 3 for 13 from 3 in game 2. The miracle is that he's made any shots at all. I mean, he is that good. He was 9 for 27 in this series. And a lot of those makes were circus shots. And Mike Brown knows exactly how to contain Steph Curry because he practiced this when he was running the defense only with Gary Payton II hounding Curry. The article and a few others by people who actually know what's going on. And it's not speculation, right? There's, there's ample video evidence. There's threads. Is a drop in the bucket, though, compared to this raucous noise of people trying to grapple with the fact that let's be honest, our, our duds might be cooked. Like, they might. It's local. 95-7 the game this morning. 
for example, morning roast. They're just losing their minds. They're losing their minds after game two. They're screaming at each other. So much crosstalk, you can't even hear who's who. You can't even understand a goddamn word. Badass radio. Horrible radio. One side saying pool's the problem. Another shouting that it's clay. Both blaming the refs. One person being like, why can't you blame Steph Curry? No one giving any credit to the Kings or Mike Brown. No one daring to say, maybe we're just not as athletic or deep as them. The desperation is also national. It is also spread like wildfire to ESPN. On ESPN, J.J. Redick went on a rant, which I must play because it is outrageous and immediately makes me question pretty much every word that's coming out of his mouth from now on. Let's play it. They have allowed too much. I have no problem with physical play in the playoffs. But if Steph Curry's not allowed to move off the ball, if you're preventing players from running down the court and you're allowing that to happen, there's a play uh, late, late in game two where Kevon Looney's right underneath the rim, ready for a rebound. Sabonis crashes in, pushes him in the back. They don't call the foul. That's a foul. The referees have dictated too much in the Kings' favor in this series. I really believe that. And I don't know if it's the home crowd or whatever. I rarely complain about the referees. In fact, I don't even know if I've ever complained about the referees. I think they're great. But if they're going to come back in this series, they've got to call the game the way the game is supposed to be called. I really believe that. And then, oh my, oh my, bullshit. Hold up. Let me repeat. If they're going to come back in this series, the Warriors, they need to call the game the way the game is supposed to be called. I thought the playoffs were more physical. I thought the reason that the Kings were going to get absolutely obliterated was because the Warriors were going to out-physical the little baby Kings. They don't know how to handle all the pressure, how the half-court changes everything, how much more intense it is, how the refs let the boys play. And now we're saying it's too physical? Hell no. Miss me with that shit. Miss me with that. Why are you rooting for the Warriors to come back? That's what it sounds like if they're going to come back in this series. Is it because everyone in your building forecasted the Warriors to win in five except for the lone exception of Kendrick Perkins and you've just been straight playing captain for the Warriors so long you can't even fathom that they're being outworked, outplayed, outcoached? Because they are, let me say it again, outworked, outplayed, outcoached. This really is some bullshit. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here we go. I had to see this tweet from Fox Sports uh, legend, Colin Coward. And I still don't really know. It's so bad that I don't really know if he's trolling. And it's like an hour dub sort of situation. But I think he's being serious. And if he is, we got to pause. Here's what he said. The league has always given the Kings... The whistle. Frustrating for those of us who just want a fair game. Hashtag 
weak tea. It's something I would write for our dubs. It's honestly something that I would write when I was going into the mindset of a whiny, entitled, delusional Warriors fan. What are we doing here? What, what is happening here? I've never gotten to the, this is kind of like the Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese situation where you're like, this whole thing is fucking crazy. But also kind of dope that national media is talking about the Kings for three straight segments. Folks on NBA Twitter and national media really saying that the Kings are so good that the NBA is conspiring with the refs to help them beat and dismantle the defending champs. Think about that for a second. And why would they do that? Like the Kings are just this historic franchise that everyone wants to see go to the finals. The, the Kings, the Sacramento Kings that almost were moved for no reason to Seattle and to Anaheim. They're the ones getting preferential treatment. This is bonkers. This is, this is the same franchise the league spent like 15 years trying to fold up like a lawn chair. The, the Sacramento Mon- Monarchs closed up, packed up like a suitcase. The NBA did everything possible to strip Sacramento of the Kings. And now, no, they're the golden child. Once we built Golden One, they're the golden child. They're the ones getting the preferential treatment. Get all the way fucking out of here. At least we have evidence, concrete facts that we can look at. It's called the two-minute report, last two-minute report. And looking at the last two-minute report, let's just check the notes. It appears that the Kings were hurt the second most out of any team this year by bad calls. The only team above them, not shockingly, is the Denver Nuggets, the team that the NBA cares the least about. How do you know? Because it doesn't matter if they're playing the Timberwolves, the Lakers, they always put them in the worst time slot at night. Shocking, I know, that the Sacramento Kings, the darling of the NBA, would get the second worst whistle in the entire league. That's what I'm going to start calling them, the Sacramento Kings. The NBA darlings. (laughs) Historically, the darlings of the NBA. These are the same kings that the league decided to give every call to so that they could eliminate the single biggest cash cow the NBA has ever had in the last decade. They want want the kings to dismantle Steph Curry, make him go night-night. This is a team that can't even have its fans use cowbells in the Chase Center because cowbells shockingly, surprisingly, somehow are just banned from Chase. They're just not something that you can bring in to cheer with. The one thing that the Sacramento Kings fan base is known for using, nope, that's banned here at Chase. Kevin Herter, uh, wing for the Sacramento Kings, you probably don't know who he is uh, because most casual fans just don't follow the Kings, but here we are. He said when he went from the Atlanta Hawks to Sacramento, that the whistles really changed. Did they get better, Kevin Herter? Please tell me how what happened. Even without those those two plays, is it palpable to you the difference in how Kings games are called versus uh, games in the past? Is that something you can feel, or is it just really the big plays? It hurts me to say this, but but yes, honestly, that is something within the first six games been noticeable. Um, I won't say which teammates, but a couple of teammates that have been here said things are different here in SAC. We don't get many calls. You're going to realize every game 
things are different. And, and honestly, it is it is something I've I've felt so far. I think there's maybe one game. I think it was the Charlotte game. I think we got a good whistle. And other than that, I think um, it, it hasn't gone in our favor a lot. I mean, what are we talking about? All of this, though, has spun Dub Nation into crybaby mode. Uh, Zach Lowe reported today. There's anger within the Warriors organization towards the league. There's a sense in the organization that Sabonis is shoving people on offensive rebounds and playing with his elbows out. And here's where it gets good. And using the ball as a weapon on offense. Straight out of the John Morant playbook. This is hilarious. This is like, like the ball is a weapon is the most 2023 thing uh, of the year. Absolutely. Nobody swings their elbows more than Draymond Green. Come on, let's be honest here. Add this to the whining over the ejection, how they think Steph is getting fouled every possession by every single Kings guard. The, the Kings need karma for kicking out E40. You've got a meltdown on your hands. What we have right now is the end of times. This is the swan song. And now we're facing a game three with all the drama that you could possibly want with the Warriors having a built-in excuse, uh, not just to lose the game, but the series as well. And my guy, Kenny, uh, Kenny Caraway, who Warriors fans are calling Kenny carried, carried away, uh, of D'Lo and Casey, says he does not want Draymond to be suspended because he wants the Kings to beat the Warriors with no excuses. But now they have one. How much Dub Nation falls back on it remains to be seen.